Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of No Manuals for This Life with your boy, Sean Cleveland. Today, this episode will be about the people that we let in our lives and how we choose them. It will also talk about how important picking the proper people to share your lifetime and space really is. We need to be vigilant and picky with ourselves, our lives and our time. We need to choose the people that we give those things to very carefully. So that's the title of today's show, Choosing Wisely. And as always, I'm your host, Sean Cleveland. And this is No Manuals for This Life. Yo, check it out. So first, I'll give a few examples of relationship situations that some of you might have experienced and might currently be going through situations with people that we chose to deal with and that we should have paid closer attention to. You see, there are um, various different types of relationships in our lives that we get into where we choose to be in these relationships. So let me start off with, um, say, uh, a friend-related situation. Say we, you a friend that you you have a friend that never helps you celebrate those milestone occasions in your life. They seldom, if ever, show up for those things that are very and extremely important to you, but always help other friends celebrate every chance that they get. I'm going to say that again. They're never at your big moments, but they're always at the, someone else's big moment. But they're still your friend, your dear friend. And I'm saying that's a situation you should pay attention to. So pay attention to that. That same friend that's always reluctant to jump up and help you during a time of need or distress and oftentimes makes excuses as to why they cannot be there for you. But you notice that they drop everything for other friends. You should pay attention to that also. Those Situations are, are very critical. See, we, we give the moniker of friendship to people on a level that means something to us, but those people we give that moniker to don't always feel the same or define us on that same level. So we need to pay attention to those things in that particular type of relationship. So let's look at um, what about those family members that never come to any event that you invite them to or never invite you to any of their family events. We all have those. We need to pay attention to them too. We need to pay attention to that. And then also, let's look at when someone tells you that you are very important to them, but yet they never call you and never make any time for you. Or they tell you that they are going through a difficult time and need to deal with that situation. Yet, the only person that they stop talking to or dealing with or put any space between so they can deal with their situation is you. You're the only person that they cut off, yet you mean everything to them. You need to pay attention to that. As you can see, that's the running theme, the whole concept of paying attention. I'm saying this because... We all get into these circumstances or have these relationships or these connections with people where we don't really see what the relationship or connection actually is because 
we don't pay attention to the circumstances and to the signs that they give off. I said this before in one of my other episodes. People will always tell you or show you who they are. And your only job is once you see it, once they show it to you, your only job is to believe it and pay attention to it. Don't brush it off and be like, oh, that's an anomaly. Oh, no, that's not true. No. I say pay attention because it does not matter that your blood relationship or perceived connection to a person or, or what they say to you. None of that matters. Let me say this again. I say pay attention because it does not matter what your blood relationship is or perceived connection is to a person or what they say to you. None of that matters. What does matter is the fact that people treat you exactly how they feel about you. So once you see the treatment, do not ignore it. Believe it. What I mean is people say, oh, I love you. You're the best thing in the world. You're my friend. You're my partner. Um, you're, you're my heart. I will do anything for you. These are the words that come out of their mouths. Yet their actions are contrary to that. They do something completely different. Someone that says, I'll always be there for you. But then when you're going through something difficult, you never see them. After you tell them you're going through something difficult, they disappear. The call stop. They'll check in later after they feel as if you've already resolved your situation yourself. But weren't they the ones saying they'd be there for you? This is the stuff I'm talking about. Pay attention to. Okay, so let's jump right into it. A while ago, I was asked, how do you pick the right person to spend your life with? That person that you will get to have that lasting relationship with. To be honest, I don't believe that there is a formula or one true method of finding your soulmate or lifelong partner or companion. For starters, I believe that every one of those relationship types is unique and varies from person to person. However, before all of that, let me start by saying something that should be in the forefront of your mind whenever you're um, deciding whether or not you want to spend real time with someone and possibly build something substantial with them. The person that you choose to be your partner will affect everything in your life from that moment on. The way you view people of their gender, your peace of mind related to your mental health, your happiness, the way that you feel, receive and express love, the way that you deal with um, and cope with tragedy, your level of success, and the things you hold important. Hell, even how you raise your children and the type of people they will become. Think about what I'm saying for a moment. Did you ever stop for a second and take a step back to look at just how impactful the person that you have chosen to be with love and pull yourself into can be on your life? Well, today on this show, that is exactly what I will focus on. And maybe you, my listeners, can get some positive and helpful takeaways from the discussion. 
So give me a moment. We'll be back. You see, as human beings, we are all influenced in one way or another by each other. People impact people. So in understanding that, maybe you, the listeners, can see where I'm going with this and what I'm trying to say. Fundamentally, we change our behavior when we are with or around other people as opposed to when we are alone. The way that we think, how we feel, and what we do are all affected by our connections to people outside of ourselves. So let's start with how we choose the people that we want to connect with and be in a relationship with. But as always, let me first reiterate the fact that I am no expert and this is just the way I see it or simply my opinions. And I am sharing them just in case I can help someone out there see something in a different light that benefits them in a positive manner. I think that um, we look for our connections and soulmates by instinctively using one or all of the elements I'm about to discuss. These elements are interpersonal attraction, you know, different types of interpersonal attractions. There are uh, several separate elements to it. There is proximity, similarity, physical attractiveness, reciprocity, and responsiveness. So let's look at how proximity works when we are talking about falling for someone or starting a relationship with someone. This means that often we start relationships with people that are located closely to us. So people that we see regularly, this close proximity to the person provokes conversation, interest, allows for people to be there for each other during tough times. That's why people that go to school together, take the same bus or train every day, or work together oftentimes wind up in relationships. Close proximity creates comfort zones that human beings seek out and easily fall into. Proximity also has the opposite effect on relationships as well. It is the key element in why so few long distance relationships work out and why so many of them fail. The further apart you are, the less connected you are, and also the more opportunities arise for other people who are in closer proximity to influence the connection. After that, you have similarity, which refers to when two people with common interests meet and develop a liking for each other based on that common interest. They both like to read or cook or go dancing, so they do these things together and share time together, building con a connection that started because they both like French poetry or like to play chess to clear their minds and, and thoughts that were, and thought they were the only ones who did this until they met each other. They were raised with the same religion or both come from single parent households and grew up poor but ambition. They, but ambitious. They have similar goals, dreams, and quirks, so they decide to spend time together and get to know more about each other. And then a relationship starts because you have quirks similar to mine. You like things that I like. 
I thought I was the only one who felt like that. So it blossoms through like-mindedness. After that, this next one is um, a pretty big one, if not the biggest one, and that is physical attraction. When you see someone and something about them draws you to them, it excites you and touches that animal instinct in you that makes you desire that person, they become something that you crave before you even speak a word for each other because of the way that they, they look or the way that they look appeals to you. Once you desire something, most times instinctively you decide to pursue it. Most people chase after that thing that appeals to them and that leads to the whole lust at first sight issue that often makes people lose sight of themselves and fall into bed quickly and then into a relationship with someone that they love aesthetically but barely really even know. Physical attraction is very powerful because it is oftentimes very blinding. It is quite difficult to see clearly while staring into a blinding light. At least that's what I think. After that one, which I think is the biggest of them all, in my opinion, you have reciprocity, which is the balance of giving and receiving in a relationship with the goal of creating a healthy and mutually beneficial partnership. Every relationship will differ in terms of their own unique reciprocal reciprocity because they'll develop in a good, solid relationship, oftentimes without the partners, the participants even realizing that that's what's going on. Like most people won't even notice that a mutual balance of shared power is developing in a relationship. Because a healthy, solid, lasting relationship is more times than not built on and based on give and take between the two people involved. People meet and determine what each other can offer them and then decide if it's worth the connection, the time, and all of the effort and work that comes along with it. To me, those are some of the key psychological elements to finding the perfect mate for you and your in your eyes, you know? Those are the means we use to determine, oh, they're for me, she's for me, he's for me, that one's for me, she's my soulmate, you know? But I also feel like there should be several standard questions that a person should ask themselves when meeting someone new that you want to start a relationship with. See, for instance, for me, um... One of the questions will be, can you be a complete self with and around this person without fear of judgment or reprimand? You know, do you have to hide pieces of yourself? Do you have to stay cloaked? You know how I feel about the start of every relationship being a lie. So we go into relationships dimming our light or brightening our light or hiding the parts of ourselves that we're ashamed of or that we think the other person won't like because the point of the relationship when it starts, is to get them to like us. So you need to ask the question, can you be your complete self with and around this person when you decide to make a long-lasting connection? Next, I would probably say, can you disagree with this person and communicate through it? 
Meaning, can we argue? Can we have differences of opinion and it not turn into a roadblock or the end of the world or turn into some childish game where we're trying to one-up each other to see who's bigger, who's bigger at, who's better at it, and whose ego is bigger? Another question for me would also be, is this person for right now or is this the person that I want to try and grow with? This is a huge question for me because it's okay to find relationships that serve the purpose right now with seasonal people, meaning sometimes your life gets, sometimes your life gets bland and you need some seasoning. <laughs> you need some flavor in your life. You need some excitement. You need some TLC with someone you have no intention of doing anything more than enjoying. You're not trying to grow and evolve with this person. But then there are the other people, the ones like the whole concept of this choosing wisely. I would believe you are looking for that person that sees the world sort of like you see it. So you two, like the two of you are going in the same direction, going to grow together, evolve together. Because if a relationship does not grow, does not evolve, it dies, it becomes stale, it's stagnant, it wilts, becomes misery. We see it all the time. We see countless people that are in relationships and we wonder, like, why are they there? What are you doing? You know, we're staying for the children. We stay for financial reasons because this is an expensive world and it's hard to do it alone. But emotionally, we're suffering. It's crazy. See, these are some of my questions, but we all need to develop our own questions that we ask ourselves before sharing ourselves and time with other people that we want as lasting partners and lasting parts of our lives. And I know that it's hard. And yes, we will trip up and make some bad choices. And sometimes, <sighs> but think about it like this. Some people fear the hard choices so they either do not choose the risky actions that may lead to happiness or they stay in a place of misery. This always confuses me personally because I see it like this. All of the big choices that we need to make in our lives are hard. And either way, once we choose, we have to live with it. Perfect example. I remember hearing this from somewhere, so I'm, I'm going to paraphrase. This is not me. This is just me paraphrasing. I heard it. it went like this, I think. It went something like this. It said, communication is hard, but not communicating is also hard. So choose your hard. Being in debt is hard. Choosing to be financially responsible is also hard. So choose your hard. <laughs> Marriage is hard. But divorce is hard, too. So choose your hard. Being overweight is hard. But being fit is also very hard. So choose your hard. These quick illustrations just emphasize the point that I'm trying to make, that everyone's life has hard choices in it. But the individual gets to decide which choice to make, which road to take and which direction to go in, which life you choose to live. You get to decide that. You get to choose. 
So when you do that, you don't get to blame other people. Yes, some people have impact on it, but the direction you go in is oftentimes the choice you make. That's the point of this whole episode. So we need to learn to choose wisely. See, especially with relating to other people, either as friends, family, or romantically. But since you get to choose for yourself, I'm simply saying take your time. Consider all of the variables and make a wise choice. And that's why wise, and in that regard, the wise choice means the choice that benefits you and your situation the most. So choose wisely for your own sake, not anyone else's. That's just my take on it. And yeah, again, I'm going to bring it back before I leave this episode. We're going to do a quick poetic verse from your boy, Sean Cleveland. And this one is called Choosing Wise. It goes like this. Before I decide that I love you, I need to figure out whether or not I actually like you. Not romantically, at least not initially. But do I like you as a person? The who you are, the how you treat others, especially those that you don't really know and that can't do anything for you. Let me learn your ways. Let us spend more than just a few days getting to know each other. What you dream about, what you believe you deserve, what emotional master do you serve? Your heart or your mind? Before I love you, before I kiss you deeply, or even before I tightly hug you, I need to find out what you are all about so that I can choose wisely. A poem by your boy, Sean Cleveland. And this was, again, as always, no manuals for this life. Yo, see you next time. I get up. Chill.